Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, let's talk about the brand Monoxide with founder Tyler Ferguson. Hi, Tyler. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm so excited to have you with us today. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me on the show. (laughs) Yeah, really, really excited and even more excited because you have a 10th, this is the 10th anniversary of your brand. So there's lots of story here to tell and excited to kind of share that with all the listeners. So for those listening, the month of July, we're focusing on our pop-up vendors that will be downtown Niagara on the Lake showcasing their product for the month. We're open Thursdays to Mondays, 10 to five at 233 King Street. And Tyler and Monoxide is one of those brands. So we're excited to have you. Yay. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So why don't we start a little bit about who you are and kind of your journey to founding this brand over 10 years ago. I would love to hear kind of what you did before the brand and and kind of what your life looked like then. Okay. Yeah, no problem. So as you mentioned, July is going to be the 10th anniversary of my brand Monoxide. Um, I'm self-taught. So I started the brand 10 years ago, um, a piece of jewelry actually broke in my house. And I was like, oh, I can definitely fix this. No worries. And then it was just (laughs) like, I was on the bus with my grandma to the beach store. And then fast forward 10 years later, we're we're here. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been a crazy ride. I, I started the business when I was 18. So prior to this, I was just you know, a little teeny bopper, I guess. I didn't didn't want to ask her age, but when you said 10 years, I'm like, oh my gosh, she must have been really young when she started this. Yeah. Yeah, I I was was really young. (laughs) That's actually the question I get asked the the most, like, how old was I? Because when I say I'm in business for 10 years, they're like, I don't believe you, prove it. No. Yeah. So I started when I'm 18. And for anybody who's listening, who is young, I do encourage you to just do it. There's a lot of opportunities out there to help young business owners and just it's been the best decision I ever made you know and it feels like I've always been an entrepreneur to be honest I remember 
when I was a kid playing with my friend, we actually pretended to own a business and be like the CEOs and the executives. So I've I just been that. doing this. Yeah. I founded a, um, a not-for-profit when I was eight. So I've literally just been like- Oh my gosh, tell us doing yeah. things all the time. What was the not-for-profit when you were eight? So I really liked Michael Jackson when I was a kid. So it was called Heal the World after his song. Great song. Yeah. Right. And so I basically went around the neighborhood just kind of collecting money. Um, I think I was going to donate it to like UNICEF or like World Vision or something. Can't really remember now because it's been so long ago, but my parents obviously just thought I was like, what well, they're like, what are you doing? The neighbors are like, yeah. The neighbors are like, I guess we'll give you money. Right? So I'm like, will you donate to me changing the world? <laughs> so yes. So I would donate to an eight-year-old who's changing the world with big right? ambitions. I love exactly. that. <laughs> so I've pretty much been doing some form of entrepreneurship uh since I was a child. Um, and my mom was in the the fashion business so I kind of got exposed to it and I was like a little kid and stuff like that but I honestly had no plans to even go into jewelry I was going to be a writer I was like obsessed with like being an author and being in publishing but you know (laughs) then this piece of jewelry breaks in our house and I'm making jewelry and because um 10 years ago there's not really like anything to like teach a person how to make jewelry like there wasn't really YouTube YouTube was just starting you had to basically go to school for it and then I was young so I'm like oh maybe I'll go to like OCAD or something and I you know 10 years fast forward 10 years it's way easier to start a business you can literally google like anything but for That's me so true right like literally anything but for me um my dad is an engineer so I think I get my like structural background from him and then my mom does like the fashion so I would actually take apart jewelry and figure out how it was made was I successfully fixed and I'm going to put fixed in brackets, the first piece of jewelry that broke that kind of ignited this journey. Uh, I would then start going and buying vintage jewelry and like taking it apart and remaking it. So I went through that whole phase of like the rework before rework was a thing. And then I eventually graduated to creating my own collections and putting out a collection, two collections every year. And now I've been to London Fashion Week twice. I was featured in L, Forbes magazine, like all this craziness that I was like, look, mom, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I love it. Well, one of the first questions I was going to ask when you said that you were playing CEO at eight was what did your parents do? Because I feel like, kids play the role when they're younger that they see right so I always play teacher because you see you see teachers because you go to school so that was sounds like your parents had an influence anyway maybe not through the the CEO part but like the fashion and the engineering thing and the construction piece very much so that's cool definitely definitely right brain and left brain coming together like analytical and creative because a lot of my jewelry is very structural like I'm very interested in how things fit together Mm-hmm. So that kind of definitely played a part. Was <laughs> influenced. And yeah. then what did you take in school? Because you did, so you didn't go to school for jewelry design or anything like that. What, what was your path? So you kind of had this passion fixing the jewelry, fixing jewelry right. or fixing your personal piece of jewelry. And then what did, what was your next step? I guess, whether it's school or career that you did go into. So yeah, next step is I, I did go to university. I actually double majored in like classical studies and political science, like history and politics. Um, and my first, I would say like pretty much a lot of my collections, even to this day, have been inspired by like ancient Greek and Roman 
mythology because I'm like super obsessed with that stuff. I love it. So a lot of my early pieces were visual representations of those myths. And I still carry like some of that structural um, inspiration through, but like the very early collections were very, very much focused on that. Hmm, Very cool. So you are teaching yourself, like putting together things. When did, when did the brand come to be like, did you have that name from the start? Did you, did that take some time till it went from like hobby to business? What did that transition Um, look like? So (laughs) it's a little funny. So it it did (laughs) kind of start immediately. Like I had the name in my head and like, the thing you should know about me is I always look at things like super weirdly, if that makes sense. Okay. I'm never yeah. going to look at the thing that the general populace is like, oh yeah, this is how it is. I'm like, nope, the complete opposite. Total opposite. So one of the questions besides how old I am is like, why monoxide, the name of my brand? Mm-hmm. But I liked what monoxide means when you break it down because mono means one, oxide is breath. And I wanted this whole thing to be like, you see the jewelry, you pause, you take a breath and then you go and you just be you, you know, look good, feel good, do good, that whole thing. I so love that. yeah, it was really about like, you want to like, you know, take someone's breath away and pause and all of those like thoughts yeah. happening all at once. And I was like, yes, you're going to, you're going to see the jewelry. You're going to be like, Ooh, I want to, I like that. Or I, whatever, you know? Yeah. And you definitely do. There's such beautiful pieces and Thank statement you. pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you had the name from the beginning, Yeah. what, but you're 18 right? So how do you, you're not only teaching yourself jewelry, but you're also teaching yourself how to run a business, right? So how does that, like, what are some of the learnings there and how did that get started? Oh, so many, so many bumbles. (laughs) Um, Well, I I think the best thing I did was I actually registered my business. I didn't know how to do anything else, but I was like, I need to register it. So it's real. And so I did that. (laughs) Really smart, (laughs) actually. (laughs) And then I'm like trying to convince my family that this is like a viable thing (laughs) also on top of that. Like, yeah, I'm going to like do this business guys. Like believe in me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which I think a lot of young entrepreneur, any entrepreneur, actually, you're just trying to convince people that, Hey, I have this business and this thing is real. So I register Mm -hmm. the business. I'm taking apart jewelry. I'm trying to like teach myself how to like run the whole thing. I'm also going to university at the same time out of province. So I'm eight hours away from my family in Quebec. Wow! All this stuff is happening. So like, I'm pretty sure my roommates thought I was like insane because like half my room (laughs) was like my studio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This girl that we live with. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) You know, Um, and I'm trying to figure out like, you know, how to even like make a website. Cause well, cause I was, it kind of <laughs> leads to my, my question is kind of like, you know, you said this earlier, now it's so easy to learn how to do something. Yeah. It's also easier to set up a website to, to market. Cause you have social media, but 10 years ago, like what channels would you even use to market? Like, I would imagine it's a lot of friends and family at the beginning, yeah. right? Cause none of those none of those things were as easy as they are today or accessible as they are today in terms of like, you know, you could go on and buy a template through Square, right? To create a website. So like, how did you do that? Yeah, it was a lot of uh, word of mouth, a lot of like press in the flesh, I guess you want to call it. And I mean, there was Facebook, but again, Facebook was radically different. I mean, you know. Yeah, there was no shop. 
you're not shopping you're just like posting statuses it's like I don't even think anybody really remembers what Facebook looked like when we had Facebook first come out like it was pretty rough you know even for me like I got Facebook like super young like you know I was like 15 and I'm like what's this thing I'm gonna sign up you know And now it's like, you hook it up, you can run ads off of Facebook. It's crazy. You can sell. Well, you can run a business off of the social platforms, right? And 10 years ago, you couldn't. So I would imagine you're selling yes to friends and family, maybe like markets or store. Like, I don't know if you get into stores yet or how that looks or. Yeah. So I was, I was a little bit lucky. I would say uh, very lucky because as I mentioned, my mom is in the fashion uh, creative space. She actually did own a store for a couple years there. So like I would help her in the summer when I was back from school, she was my first stockist. I didn't even know what that even was so I was like oh how do I write an invoice so she's teaching me how to write an invoice to put the stuff in her store you know yeah, and also like line sheets I'm sure exactly. and like photography like she helped probably a big help with all of that yeah. so I was I was very lucky that you know she had the group of friends that were it was in fashion at the time mm-hmm. as well she had the store so I could put my stuff in there and it gave me the opportunity to kind of I don't know if you want to call it battle test my brand to see like what I need to change all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then, yeah, Facebook word of mouth. I was just like anybody who would listen. I was basically like, this is my, this is my brand. And then, you know, once I kind of figured it out and worked out some of the Kings, cause we were still very young. I just Googled like market Toronto. Like how do mm-hmm. I, sell and honestly the only one that came up is Parkdale Flea which is yeah which happens in Toronto I think every Sunday every third Sunday of the month and I was like I'm gonna apply like look it's real and then that kind of really helped me again refine everything it helped me meet customers helped me figure out where my brand kind of fell in this giant sea of jewelry because Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, again, I was lucky because I'm going to say again, 10 years ago, everybody was focused on making clothes. They want to be designer, make clothes. Nobody was really doing jewelry. And now it's like, everybody is like starting a jewelry brand now. Mm -hmm. I know. So I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, interesting. I was ahead of the curve. Yay. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely doing markets. Um, that gave me, yeah. Like some exposure. And it's funny too, because I feel like there's so many opportunities now for markets pop-ups, but also at that time, Mm -hmm. like you, you know, you said you Googled and you found one, right? Like there, there probably wasn't as many accessible because they're also, you know, I do think that, and you tell me your thoughts, but I do think that there's more of a surge of small business and shopping local and all of that, especially over the last few years that likely like didn't, exist as much you know 10 some odd years ago I would say yeah I would say definitely there's been a big surge in a people just starting businesses and like you said doing pop-ups doing markets like nobody really understood the concept of a pop-up to just be like we're here for x amount of time whether it's a week a month a couple months and then you're gone everybody was like oh you're doing retail where's your storefront bricks and mortar blah 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 even like even Square, when Square came out, it like changed the game. They're like, what do you mean you're taking processes on your phone? Like all of mm-hmm. that stuff. So when all of that started happening, entrepreneurship like kicked off in Toronto. Like yeah. honestly, it was crazy. But yeah. I would say very, very early on, 
yeah, Facebook, word of mouth, and then like the one market in Toronto. And they're like the OG, like Parkdale Flea in Toronto is the OG market. It's crazy. And I was there for like been. five years. I did the market okay. for five years. And the organizers, they're like so proud of me. Like it was so surreal because one day the owner was like, I'm posting you on our Instagram because you're one of like the brands that made it and you started here. And I remember when you first came here and I'm like, oh my God, don't tell that story. The jewelry was so rough. Everything was terrible. <laughs> so bad, but I was so, you know, when you're just doing something, you're in it. You don't realize it. Yeah. yeah. And you sit down and you look back and you're like, oh my God, I have been at this market for five years. That is insane. You well, know? when have you, have you had that moment of looking back and like, oh, wow, like this is what I, what I dreamt of, you know, like what I dreamt of it becoming, because, you know, you're saying it to that five-year mark of like, wow, I've been there five years now looking yeah. back at 10, like what an, number one, what an accomplishment to have any brand last 10 years yeah. and the, the like work and tenacity that takes of the founder to keep that going. Right. Because I think that there's definitely a thought of like, you, you mentioned a lot of jewelry brands popping up of, Oh, let me try this and give a go at it. And I'll, you know, yeah. I'll make a million dollars next month using the platforms that are out there. But what is, what do, would you say over those past 10 years, what has been your biggest, like, wow, I can't believe that I did that. And maybe it's just the fact that you made it to 10 years. Like that in of itself is massive. I mean, as I sit here now and think back at it, I mean, the, the numbers are crazy. Over 50% of businesses fail within the first year or two, right? So mm-hmm. to even sit here and be like, I have a business that is 10 years old uh, as a, a female entrepreneur, it's crazy. The numbers are even like even worse for females. So mm-hmm. to even be in that space to be like, yes, my businesses have made it, we're thriving, that I'm so proud. And yeah. I would not be here without the help of my family and all the people along the way that have actually like, you know, even if it was a little tiny thing they did for me, they fueled my business. And I will mm-hmm. forever be so grateful for mm-hmm. that. But for me personally, that mark of pride is going to London Fashion Week. And that was oh, yeah. crazy. Massive. You know, I was Tell like, us about that. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I was part of um, an incubator program uh, that the Toronto Fashion Incubator runs um, called, I think it's called Accelerate. No. Fashion I think Incubator. I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah, so I was part of the very first group. So I, I think they're they're doing it again this year. If anybody's listening and you want to start a fashion business, I'll plug them because you know. Um, but yeah, I did this. I did this program, and it was super crazy because I had to literally. It was from seven to three, and at the time I was working from four in the afternoon until one in the morning. So I would be getting up at this ridiculous time, but I'm like, I need to just do this for my business. I need to learn all the things that, you know, cause you don't know what you don't know. That's probably the biggest totally. sidebar, biggest takeaway from 10 years of business. You do not know what you do not know. Ask questions. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's a very yeah. good lesson. To yeah. <laughs> the crazy story. So I was working these ridiculous hours. And from that, after you graduate, you actually do like a wholesale show so we're okay oh and it's amazing and everybody's coming and then they're like oh we're gonna try to do this thing like stay tuned and I'm like oh okay like maybe it's another thing and then they send the email out they're like you've been selected as one of 10 brands we're going to London UK and I had to reread it to be like oh London Ontario (laughs) 
Yeah, you're like, oh, cool. Oh, cool. Come a couple hours away. Oh my gosh, we are going to the United Kingdom. (laughs) Oh my God, what a thrill. It was crazy. But then it's like, then it gets real, even more real than what I was already doing because I'm like, okay, we need a line sheet. We need a lookbook. We need to have all the products shot because at the time, you know, you're doing things slowly. My focus was things, you know, IRL in real life. So the pop-ups, all that kind of stuff. My website got kind of got pushed to the wayside. I was uploading when I could. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to post on Instagram so people know I'm alive and we have the pop-ups and that's what we're going to do. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now I have to get like super serious and I'm like, okay, oh, we have to do all this thing. And I, my mom is like my creative director. So she is a visual merchandiser. So she was helping me with all the visuals for the brand and everything. So I'm like, okay, mom, we're getting like super serious now. I need your help. We have to mock up everything. Like there, our living room was like the, is like where everything is happening. <laughs> How much time did you have to prepare for this? Cause uh, a couple a uh, couple weeks so okay so not that long not that I long. guess yeah yeah so and, they, it, sorry go ahead sorry no go ahead <laughs> I was gonna ask because I'm kind of curious I'm really curious actually like yeah. so you get to London Fashion Week and what's the setup is it like 
um, a showcase, like buyers come through or is your jewelry put on paired with a ready to wear that walks in a presentation or down the runway? Like, what does it look like? So it was a bit of both. So we kind of had like, um, like an opening reception night and we did have some of the, there was some clothing brands. So we kind of like combined it a little bit and did like a little you know, schmooze situation. Cool. And yeah. then we had the buyers and media and press roll through. So I was super nervous because I was at the time I was kind of going back and forth between like, do I want to be the face of the brand? Do I want Monoxide to just stand on its own? And then I'm in the background as like the maker, yeah. designer, blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, like you have to really think about this like stuff sometimes like it's you know there's like a lot of things you have to think about you know it's just like totally I want the jewelry to to shine and I think there was a I think too like to your point there's there's a thought of like the brand is its own entity and there's also like a do I really want to open my own personal world up exactly to be a part of this and associated with this I think now it's hard like what's your take on present day I think it's harder to separate the two well I would London sorry London Fashion Week was like three years ago that you were a part or four yeah so I was there okay. for 2017 and 2018 I went I went two years in a row okay oh, so cool. um I would say it's harder now because customers want that they want to know who it is they're like yeah. oh the brand is so awesome who is the person behind it? you're kind of like Oz behind the curtain you know they want to yeah. know right so I see a lot of brands now that there is no separation they're like hi I'm the maker and here's what I do and please support but back then there was more there was definitely more of a separation and that was actually yeah. more accepted like they didn't want to know who it right. was right right you know? so now we're kind of have to evolve or die with my brand. So now mm-hmm. we're doing way more personal stuff. Cause like, you know, Instagram, TikTok, there's the whole shebang. But yeah. at the time I was just like, no, monoxide is monoxide. You're going to stand on your own. You're going to shine. And even during London fashion week, like I was to the side of the table, you know, you come in and you see, and then if you have any questions, oh, I pop up out of nowhere, you know, but mm-hmm. I was very much like, this is my brand. My brand yeah. is feel the show. And it was, it taught me a lot because A, I had to uh, be super organized because I actually flew my mom down first to go set up. And then I came with like whatever was left behind just because I was like, I feel like I'm going to forget something. So just like a safety net. I also like have to get time off work because I was so working and all yeah. of this stuff was happening like in the moment. And I was just like, we're going to London. I don't care what happens. I'm not going to sleep for the next week. We're making all the samples, everything. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that when you start a a small business, especially in the fashion realm, everything on TV is a lie. Okay. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not like Gossip Girl. It's not like Emily in Paris. You are not walking down in heels. No, that always annoyed me. The show lies. The show is all. That always annoyed me because like similar to you, I'd be like schlepping things around in flip flops, like sweating. Exactly. We have like Paris market. Like that's not, you're not looking right out of my mouth. I'm like, there is sweat. Okay. There (laughs) is sweat. You are literally schlepping. Like you basically have to bring everything, set up everything super quick and do a quick change. There's, yeah. you know, you're not coming in glam. Like, and so. I hope you like aren't still sweating by the time people start walking in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, 
exactly. <laughs> so it was crazy because when we went, they like didn't know who we were, right? You have to send all your information down because it was at the um, the Canadian embassy. Okay. So there's like a lot of security hoops you have to jump through and everything. So we're sending everything down, all this stuff. Like my mom's suitcase almost got like taken at security oh and like gosh. the jewelry was in it. I'm like, oh my God, like make sure they don't lose your jewelry. Your was in it. Yeah, oh my so gosh. Like, the whole craziness. Like I had to bring the bus. She brought the jewelry. It was a whole thing, right? Because you're trying to like not break the bank on this crazy trip. And, you know, everything is like basically double in the pound <laughs> yeah oh right 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 so yeah. you're like doing everything like not to break the bank and then you get there we're setting up everything and we literally just like sneak out into the bathroom quickly just like do our face and put on our clothes and we come back in and everybody was like were you here the whole time like are you you know and I'm like you gotta be able to to glam you know? yeah you and you gotta be I mean I think true of fashion, likely other industries. I mean, fashion is a predominant industry I've been in. It sounds like you too, but you got to just like, like snap it on kind of, and yeah, get, get ready to, in this case, were you, you had media and some buyers, et cetera. Okay, cool. Yeah. Medias and buyers like coming through. And that was the first time that I really had to be on my P's and Q's. Like People were asking me questions about the brand that I had never really thought about, like, just like why, so like, like basically now, now I'm like, I'm better at answering it. I hope fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> like yeah. my, why, what does the name mean? When did I start? Mm-hmm. And that's always like the crazy thing. Like, Oh, you're so young, like blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you know, I feel like young people get kind of a bad rap, especially millennials and younger they just get like a really bad rap, but they're very creative. They just need that, that push and that guidance. So I'm very thankful that I started my business so young. Honestly, if I had to think about it now, I'm not sure if I would, because there's so much happening in the market. It's kind of intimidating, but at 18, I was fearless. I was just like, I'm just doing my thing. You know, you need like a little naivete, I think sometimes to start a business in a way. Right. And be like, Oh, this can't be that hard. Exactly. I could figure it out. And it sounds like you had such a supportive environment around you with your parents to kind of nurture that, which is also at that age is, is critical, right? Like you have, you have someone that's kind of your cheerleader and your support. Yeah, for sure. My mom was definitely my cheerleader. My dad, he was the one who was also my cheerleader, but he was like, but how are you going to do it? So he'd always ask the hard mm, questions. The I realist. Like, I'm doing this, watch me fly away, you know? So it was, it was definitely, it was definitely good. But sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you did London Fashion Week. And then mm-hmm. was that kind of another turning point for the brand, I'm guessing? Because you would have had a lot of exposure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, they were very, very receptive to my brand. And that was kind of the turning point of, okay, I haven't priced myself out of the market. Cause there's a lot of things happening before I went to London fashion week. I was worried that like my pricing wasn't, wasn't uh, good for where I was. If Mm -hmm. I should change how I was making it. I feel like it's kind of like the crossroads that a lot of designers come to. And then like, Either you just stick with what you're doing and just believe that your brand is, you know, going to survive or you try to do like a weird pivot. Yeah. And then that's kind of when you see designers start designing things that are not what their brand is and you get kind of confused. I didn't want to do that. That's why I was just kind of like, 
you know what? My brand has a home. I just have to, you know, find it and, you know, just keep mm-hmm. going there. So going, London yeah. was very illuminating for me because the fashion there is incredible. It's, it's mm-hmm. so, as a person coming from Canada to the UK, I felt like a little guppy in a giant ocean. I was like, oh my God, everybody is so nicely dressed and it's so effortless and I can just mm-hmm. see them wearing my jewelry and then they would stop me and be like oh you're you look so nice your jewelry is so nice and I'm like oh my god I actually design it like thank you you know so it was very yeah. it was humbling but also very inspiring and it gave me that kick to be like don't stop doing this because five year you kind of get like that five-year itch where it's like am I should I keep doing this like everything that kind of stuff. So it was, it was awesome. It was so awesome. I did it again. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, it kept your momentum going. Cause then yeah. we're kind of coming into, we're, we're almost like we have a year and then we kind of, we get into COVID. Right. And so what exactly. did that look like for a jewelry brand? Because I would imagine that, you know, not people aren't going out, maybe aren't wearing yeah. their jewelry as much at the same time. I don't know. You tell me like, maybe they are because zoom it's like the one thing, like you kind of, you know, you can do a statement necklace, you can do a statement earring. What exactly. did, what did that last two years look like for the brand? So for us, I mean, we did have prior to COVID, we had like a flagship location. We were part of the Toronto designers market, which was on Queen street West. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were there probably for about five, six years, actually. Oh, wow. The okay. person who owned Parkdale Flea opened that store and then was like, I want you to be in it. So from then, from henceforth, I stopped doing Parkdale Flea and was like, this is my now retail location. I'm there. Okay. So, and then COVID happened and they closed and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> and it was really weird. I mean, I, everybody took a hit. Our sales took a hit, but then we kind of had this like weird resurgence once everybody realized like you said oh zoom video calls are happening we don't know when we're going back in and then when we had the first lockdown and then back in everybody was like I need to now dress nicely because I've been mm-hmm. in so we had mm-hmm. that whole thing happening that ping pong but I would still say that we definitely took a hit but for me I was just like I used that time to uh deal with anything that I had pushed off to be like I don't have time to do this right now because we're running from point a to point b so I was like okay any gaps in our marketing any gaps in our you know product like our visuals anything that I had made that we couldn't figure out the kinks I brought it out of archive and was like okay let's figure it out stuff like that we like really tightened up the brand and then I also have like another brand called regalia it's like my little um you know play area so anything that didn't really fit into monoxide's like overall look then that was where I like stored it so I was like oh maybe I'll pull it out and like figure it out so it's all like crazy like like body chains and all that stuff so I was like oh I'm just gonna spend this year doing what I want and whatever being creative and kind of like tying up some loose ends and being creative yeah and so what do you have looking forward like now that we've hit the 10 year mark what's what is I the mean, next, the next 10 years, not to put you on the spot, <laughs> maybe the next year look like for, for monoxide <laughs> World domination. No, <laughs> I mean, right now we're in a really good spot. Um, I think the next, not even 10 years, just the next step for me is just maintaining what I've grown and what I've earned for so far. You know, we've made a lot of great connections, everything like that. 
And now it's like, I was just talking to my friend about this. Like now I'm at the point in my business journey where 10 years ago, I was looking up to the person that I wanted to be like. So now I have to really consider the impact that my brand is going to make to other people as well as in the, in the business world, but as well as to other people who want to start businesses. So I get invited to like a lot of like summits and stuff like that to speak to female entrepreneurs that are young to be like, how did I do it? And what do I have to say to that? And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting so many questions about like this. It's so weird to be like, oh, am I actually like, you're that person now. Yeah. Yeah. You're the mentee went to mentor level. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guess I've done my 10,000 hours, probably more like 50,000 hours at this point. (laughs) So now on TikTok and like reels and things like that, I just, I post little things to be like, this is what I did when this was a problem. And, and I, I, um, I noticed that there's like a lot of people that don't want to tell you certain things. And Mm. one of my, one of my biggest things, like I've said before, is just ask questions. You'll be surprised at the answers that you get. That's always what I tell young entrepreneurs. So for me, for the next like 10 uh, year, let's say next year, year, yeah, (laughs) don't want to put that pressure. Is just really building that transparency to foster other entrepreneurs because I feel like it's so easy to discourage somebody. You have no idea the impact that your words can make on somebody. So I'm always like, if you have this great idea, start it. You may crash and burn, but you'll definitely learn something. And I always tell people like message me, like, I don't care if you go and you design something that is like, quote unquote, better than me. Like I want that. I want people to start and create things and everything like that. So that's kind of my focus for me. And yeah, just spreading the knowledge and building monoxide and maintaining. Cause I feel like when you get to five years, 10 years, that's when you kind of get a little tired, get a little sloppy. So I'm really taking steps to make sure that that doesn't happen to me because you know, there's no one making jewelry like me. So I want to make sure that I, I make it for a little while. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about the jewelry itself. Like, where does your inspiration come from? What how would you describe the style or aesthetic of the brand? Okay, so the style and aesthetic of the brand is very much um, jewelry for any occasion. That's kind of how I market it. My jewelry takes you from day to play to slay, as I like to say. I love that. (laughs) So it's uh, it's old, but it's definitely not gaudy. It's not ostentatious. So it makes a statement without yelling. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that. Because I felt like I was saying like, in my mind, it is a statement, but it's not, but it's also like, like a classic kind of look exactly. if you will or like a simplicity in a way like it's not an in-your-face statement so yeah okay so say what you said again statement but so okay. jewelry for any occasion takes you from day to play day to, to slay, slay. yeah <laughs> I love that and yeah it's bold with like a classic edge that's exactly yeah. you nailed it on the head that's exactly okay right. Okay, cool. I love it. And you know what, like where can everyone, so we'll obviously have some, we'll have some styles at the pop-up, which I'm really excited for. Where else can everyone find you and, and kind of visit the website to purchase online? Yeah. So my website is www.monoxidestyle.com. All of my social media is also at Monoxide Style. Um, currently, if you're in the Toronto area, I am doing uh, monthly pop-ups at West Elm, which is the furniture store. 
every Saturday, two Saturdays a month. Sorry. <laughs> I'm also Very doing cool. her pop-up from July 1st to the 30th. And I'm also doing a pop-up on King Street and Spadina in Toronto um, until September. So it's going from now until I am literally everywhere. (laughs) I didn't know West Elm had pop-ups. That's very cool. Yeah. So West Elm is super cool. They partner with, uh, it's called West Elm Local. So they partner with local brands around the city. So you'll see me at the Midtown one or the Liberty Village one. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So lots of places to find you this summer then. Lots of places. And I'm also in the U.S. too. I'm in like California and all over the place. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So all over North America. Yeah. And London. (laughs) And London. (laughs) (laughs) I'm international. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, it was so honestly refreshing to chat with you. I feel like I could talk to you for hours more. (laughs) Very Uh, easy. (laughs) Such a great story. And I think so inspiring from such a young age to 10 years in business, I feel like is kudos to any, you know, any brand, let alone an 18 year old that made it happen. So congratulations. And yeah, I'm excited to see the product. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm very excited for you guys to see the product too. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one the first Monday of each month. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Regina Johan. Music credit goes to Raspberry Music, and it was brought to you by Smithery. 